morning. Welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God loves you so much, so keep your faith and your confidence and your hope in His love. Faith in the Morning exists to help you start your day with faith and encouragement, and that's exactly what's going to happen today. You know, the last several weeks and almost a couple months now, we've been talking about the importance of being led by the Spirit of God. And over the last couple weeks, we've been identifying how Fear can prevent us from following the Spirit of God. Fear is not healthy for you. Fear will prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. Now, last week I shared a message from a couple years ago called Soul Wars, and this part was the path to the dark side, about how to overcome fear. And so I'm going to continue down that lane today, not only just how to overcome fear, but how to make sure fear doesn't keep you off the path God has for you. So enjoy this throwback message. If you want to watch the whole thing, you can find it on our Faithless app. It's called Soul Wars. The path to the dark side. You see, you know, one of the things when I hear Jeremy Pearson preach about growing up in the house of faith, some of his stories kind of remind me of some of my own. Because I said I grew up in the word of faith. I grew up in faith. And so, you know, in the, growing up in the house of faith, you're not allowed to cuss, but you weren't allowed to talk fear either. You know, I didn't know. I think I told my parents, we were like, well, what was worse, cussing or saying, I'm afraid? I say, it's not, you know, growing up was kind of equal. See, my parents had the Charles Capps book in their purse or in their pocket growing up. They had the word with them everywhere. And so when, you know, we were kids, you know, kids sometimes have nightmares. Sometimes they wake up afraid. Most kids do. But they didn't like, oh, it's okay. That was nothing. Just go back to bed or, you know, stay in here. That's not how they handled it. So they would wake up with us, and they would turn on. Some days it might be salty. Now, some of you who are newer to the kingdom, if you grew up in the house of faith, you may remember this giant blue singing psalm book. And he would sing these songs of praise. And so there would be some days they would have us watch that. And they said, don't just watch it. Sing those words. Get the word in your spirit right now. Sing it with them. What do they teach us? Fight fear. Fear's not allowed. Beat it. There's other songs by Carmen, a guy named Carmen. And he had one song called No Monster. And it was talking about how kids can handle the spirit of fear. And so what were we doing? We were speaking the word to fear so that we grow up without fear. That we grow up with faith. See, it's very simple when it comes to fear. If you hand me my prop. It's very simple, and this is a very simple prop to help you get the very simple point. When it comes to fear, stop it. Don't allow it, not a little bit, not an inch. Stop it. Stop fear in its tracks. So when it comes to fear, what do you need to do? When it comes to fear, what do you need to do? And especially, we have to watch out for our kids in October. Because in Halloween, what are they doing? They're celebrating fear. So you, you already pay attention to everything watch, but you're doubly paying attention. Because it could seem like a normal TV show, but all of a sudden, something crazy pops up. Like, no, we don't do this. You know, we watch you know, our kids, our apps. A lot of them don't watch TV. They watch the iPad or their phone or whatever. And so you watch the app. You know, I saw one app that my kid likes to watch, like to watch and then the Halloween thing kept on. I'm like, oh, I'll be so glad when this month is over. And so there were certain episodes, nope, you're not watching that. And now she's three, so she can say with me, we don't do Halloween. We don't do that. We don't do ghosts. We don't do witches. We don't do warlocks. We don't do goblins. We don't do demons. No, we don't do that. No, that's not us. We don't do fear. We resist the fear. We don't allow the fear, because fear is not a friend. It's an enemy. Fear is a chain. Fear 
is an open door. And you need to be free from fear. Now let me show you something else about fear. Revelation 21 verse 8. But the fear for what? The who? Some of you read the scripture already, so you kind of mumbled on that. So what does it say again? It said, but the who? And the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Who's the first group? The fearful. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be part of any group that burns forever. Atlanta is hot enough for me. I've been to the Middle East. I've lived in Texas. Atlanta's hot enough for me. I don't want to be with any group that burns forever, so I don't want to keep company with a group that is going to burn forever. Now you might think, well, why would Jesus start out with the fearful? Another way that is translated is the cowardly. Why? There are some people who won't choose Jesus because they're cowards. They're fearful. They'd rather stay in their life of sin. They'd rather stay with the devil than make a stand and be brave for Jesus. So they know the truth, but they stay full of fear. And so because they choose to hang out with the devil, they end up with him. I don't want to be a part of any group that burns forever. You know, I'm tanned enough. I'm good. Fear is an enemy. Let's go to Romans 8. Fear is not something you play with. Some of you handle. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and the children that heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified together. So when you are born again, you receive the Spirit of God. You receive the Holy Spirit living on the inside. Now, there is something after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Ghost where it comes upon you. But when you're born again, you receive the Spirit of God on the inside. And Paul points out you didn't receive the spirit of bondage or the spirit of slavery to fear. So before you were saved, you had with you the spirit of slavery that attached you to fear. Everybody who's not saved has that spirit of fear operating somewhere in their life to keep them chained. He says, but you didn't receive that spirit when you were born again. You received the spirit of adoption. See, one of the things about adoption, what does it mean? You were chosen. You were picked. So Paul says, you didn't receive a spirit of fear. You received a spirit that says, hey, I was chosen by God. Hey, I've been picked by God. Hey, God loved me so much, he picked me. So think about it this way. On your worst day, when you're acting a hot mess, and you know better, but you're so in your feelings like a Drake song, you're choosing to do the wrong thing. You're choosing to go the wrong way. You know all these bad things, and still you kept making the bad decisions. And he still chose you. 
on your worst day. On your worst day, Jesus is like, I choose you, Pikachu, I'm still with you. On your worst day, he picked you. That's the spirit of adoption. I've been picked by God. I've been chosen by God. I've been loved by God. He loves me as much as he loved Jesus. He picked me. That's what I receive. The Holy Spirit reminds me on the inside, I've been picked by God. I've been called by God. I've been invited by God. I've been chosen by God. God has a path for my life. God has a purpose for my life. God has a plan for my life. And he bears witness on the inside. I am a child of God. And if I'm a child of God, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Notice it didn't say sub-heir. Joint heir. So if Jesus gets it, I get it. Isaiah 53 and 54 says he'll divide his portion with the great. That's you. He'll divide his portion with the strong. That's you. Why? You're a joint heir with Jesus. Christianity is not about you getting what you deserve. It's about you getting what Jesus deserves. That because he was faithful to, and obedient to death. And Jesus said, the Father loves me because I'm bad enough to lay down my life and bad enough to pick it back up again. So they couldn't kill him until Jesus was ready. So I laid down my life and I got back up. And all those rewards Jesus gets, he said, I'm going to share with my brothers and sisters. See, you should read through the book of Hebrews sometime. Because it says in the book of Hebrews... It says what God said to raise Jesus from the dead, but also says some things Jesus says about you. It says Jesus is not ashamed to call you his brothers and sisters. That he stands before God and says, that's my little brother. He stands before God and says, that's my little sister. You might think, well, I've done so many bad things. But in the mind of Jesus, he's not ashamed of you. He said, Pastor, you don't know what it is. No, no, no. He is not ashamed of you. Why? He bore your shame. If Jesus bore it, you should resist it. He's not ashamed of you. You make a stand for him, he makes a stand for you. So stop being ashamed of yourself. Because when it's between you, God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and the angels, they ain't ashamed of you, so stop being ashamed of yourself. Live free. Shame is a chain. It doesn't belong to you, Christian. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've received the spirit of adoption. God's not ashamed of his children. Sometimes you have believers behaving badly. And as a result, they sold some bad seeds and they get the harvest they sowed. But have you ever noticed you can still come to God and say, God, I blew it. Please forgive me. And you're like, well, how can I do it if I blew it so big? See, although you may have messed up your fellowship with God, your interaction with him, you didn't change your standing. God has declared you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you were born again, you were made righteous. You will never be more righteous or less righteous than you are right now. Nothing you can do can change your standing. No matter if you fast for a whole year, 
And during that fast, you talk in tongues every moment of the day. You even snore in tongues while you sleep. It's not going to make you more righteous. Nothing you can do can change the standing. Even if you acted a hot mess and you ended up on the news and we all saw you like, ooh, did they really do that with the We Are Faith shirt on? <laughs> and now we have to expand a jail ministry to come see you. <laughs> you are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing you can do can change your standing. That's why when you blow it, you can still come to God. Because you have standing. See, the thing is, not everybody can stand in the court of a king, but other royalty can. Other royalty can sit in the place of a king, and you have a seat at the right hand. So the thing is, when you come into God's presence, you don't have to fall down saying, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy. No, you screaming you're unworthy is an insult to the blood of Jesus. The blood has made you worthy. The blood has dealt with the shame. The blood has dealt with the sin. The blood has dealt with the iniquity. The blood has dealt with the transgression. The blood has dealt with it all. So don't you come before God saying you're unworthy. The blood has made you worthy. We already know you don't deserve it. That's why it's called grace, unmerited favor. I didn't earn it. I just believed it and I received it. So stop being afraid that God is looking to judge you. He's looking to bless you. He's looking to love you. You have to understand God punished Jesus so he would never have to punish you. Now, there are going to be people who are going to be punished in this life, but it's not because God wants them punished. It's just because they told God, no, I don't want what Jesus offers. But God is, is not interested in punishing you. You know, in Hebrew, the word for mercy is hased, And one of the ways you can define it is God's covenant determination to bless you. God is determined to bless you. God wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. And so the thing is, you might say, well, why is the blessing delayed? Because you ain't even doing what you're supposed to do. But God has been doing everything he could to try to get the blessing to you. You think about all your random days when you're not acting right, but all of a sudden the right word happens to come across your email or your text message on your Facebook. You happen to flip the channel and the preacher's saying exactly what you need. God is doing everything. He had to, even if he had to schedule this message to show up on this day in 2019 and do all these things to make you look in the right place, he did everything because he wants to bless you. I'm going to stop the clip right there. Thank you for starting your day with me. If you haven't already, go to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Have a great day. Something good is going to happen to you today. Expect miracles. And remember, God loves you. I'll see you next time on Faith in the Morning. God bless.